Welcome to Postscript. Tom Jones. I'm Fred Vigent, along with Matt Wilson. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm well, and you? I'm I'm great. <laughs> uh, we are here to discuss episode four and what. <laughs> What the heck happened here, Matt Wilson? Uh, they had a few twists and turns left for us, I think. Yes. Uh, I, I made dumb jokes about needing a Glenn Beck-style uh, whiteboard mm-hmm. background episode two to figure out all the uh, misdirections, and, and, and this was uh, ten times as bad. Absolutely. And yeah. it was kind of a reunion of virtually every character introduced in the show. Yes. I think other than one, that one, the one guy that uh, Lady B was trying to fix uh, Sophia sure. up with, yeah. uh, he didn't show Lord up. But, Felham or whatever, who needs him? Yeah, but everybody else is there. Yes, including some we thought we had not seen since episode one. Yeah. But it turns out we actually had. Ooh, I see what you did. Yeah, how about I that? See, I see what you did. So, well, and I was happy to see, um, you know, my favorite scoundrel, uh, Patrick Fitzpatrick, has returned. Fitz is back. Fitz is back. I, you know, I figured you can't introduce a character like that and just to have him only in one episode. No, I think he had a good purpose in life, which was to be uh, the scoundrel of the show, perhaps. We'll see. We'll deal with that later. But yeah, it was nice to see him back just in a weird way. Kind of missed the guy. Um, it gave uh, Harriet and um, Mrs. Waters, we'll call her, a chance mm. to bond a bit, which I think both of them may have needed. Um <laughs> What a show this has been. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is is maybe because it, this this series was over four episodes that yep. they jammed a lot into each episode because you yeah, have the twists and turns. Now we obviously we we have a chance to watch this ahead of time since we're here discussing this with you now um, as as the episode is being released publicly. Uh, so Ali. Producer Allie, I'm sorry, her first name is Producer. Producer Allie, uh, Matt and I, over lunch, watched this episode. And I, and actually, I had watched it uh, the day Cheater. early. I cheated. Cheater. I know, but but I'm glad I did. And because I mentioned to you I, I that I was in tears at least three times during it. And I facetiously told you I was in tears when Patrick uh, Fitzpatrick gets uh, stabbed. But that was not. <laughs> that was, I was one not of the that, moments? That was not when, okay. when I was actually... Um, <clears throat> Tears of joy, but uh, no, I, and I, I respect that. I've yeah, this is a a farcical romance in a way. It's definitely a comedy, but especially in this fourth part, there were a few really touching moments. Yeah, um, I've said a couple of times. I feel like in each episode, Tom has hit rock bottom, and I think we finally, given that it is episode four of four, but we finally see that. Um, to my memory. He doesn't make any real big goofs in episode four. He has a couple of moments where his. I think self-awareness and remorse are front and center. Um, And certainly being locked up in prison, thinking you've done very horrible things, picturing now maybe the midpoint to two-thirds of the way through the episode before everything is clear to everybody. Um, He is at the lowest of the low. But you see moments where he interacts with Black George, where he acts even with Bliffle, for crying out loud. Oh, Let's talk about that. Well, we're talking about Black. Well, I will say really quick about Black George. That was a touching moment. Um, I thought that was uh, a nice uh, reconciliation between the two of them. Closure Um, to something was bothering us a little bit. Yeah, bothering us and bothering Black George. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, Um, Said he hadn't slept well since and was happy to. Didn't really pay the money back. Couldn't, I would assume. But at least cleared his conscience about what happened. And Tom's response was was beautiful. Yeah. But yeah, Bliffle showing up in the jail, it was like, hey, I'm here to 
gloat and mm-hmm. show you I won end of story with a big <laughs> period on the end of that sentence uh, and say, so see a dude. Yeah, a little tap dancing on the grave. Um, couldn't resist, I'm sure. You know, right? The, the character Bliffle said, take every chance to beat mm-hmm. on Tom. Tom took the high road. He did. Again, it was a beautiful response. He, he basically apologized. Mm-hmm. I, you didn't ask for me. I'm sure it must be hard. Um, didn't exactly ask for forgiveness, but in essence was saying, I, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And Bliffle just effectively spit on him and turned out. Yeah, you know, I'm going to take away. what's rightfully mine. Yeah, How is it rightfully right, his? More but, of that line. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, we could jump to the end just to maybe put a, a final nail in Bliffle's coffin. How did he feel when he went running to Lady Bellaston? Um, I'm miserable. You're miserable. Let's be miserable together. That's yeah. really what I uh, surmised. I mean, uh, during that time, that's when uh, Sophia is doing a bit of narration. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's she made the note that not everyone has a happy ending. I think that is a happy ending, to be honest, between the two of them. I think they're perfect fit. I couldn't think of two people more suited for each other. I mean, I smell spinoff right there. Interesting. They, did they cue the Lady B and B- yeah, Biffle the, show? I don't know. I, the B and B show. <laughs> that's that's uh, how you heard B&B it here first. I don't know. Yeah, we'll take credit for that one. <laughs> um, so so Jenny Jones or Mrs. Flowers. Um, yeah, I, I this floored me. Um, did not see that coming. I thought it was done pretty well. I I, I think we all felt the panic when um, things started to become clear, but we were left with. Uh, a little bit of misdirection about the relationship and and suspected that Tom and Mrs. Waters may have accidentally, un- unintentionally done something uh, pretty scary, <laughs> uh, just to lightly touch on that. But um, shortly after, they re-clarified everything that made it clear that that did not happen. Um, that was a good twist. It was a good twist. Uh, I did I not see it coming. They set us up early to be more focused on who Tom's father was. Right, which is still unresolved, and right. maybe that's just for yep. for us to imagine. Right, and I, I, I did not go back and watch episode one, um, but I watched episode four a couple times. And even in episode four, I noticed that at certain moments, um, they focus on Aunt Bridget visually while off-camera someone's yep. talking about Tom or how he's a bastard or how he's a worthless whatever and her reactions and I imagine if we go back and watch the early episodes we're meant to infer that it's just from a adopted motherly kind of love because mm-hmm. <clears throat> she did care about Tom either way but with the full knowledge of the relationship I think we can reinterpret that as true pain because she wished she knew or she wished he knew the truth right and, 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 and Biffle made the point that he knew just through the affection that that she would share to Tom. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Do you think he literally meant he knew? Like, I knew he was my birth brother or half-brother? Or do I you think it was, I just I think he had knew. a suspicion. Yeah, okay. Uh, but, I, I mean, I, how, how could he tell right. yeah. legitimately? I, I don't think he's that smart. No. Yeah. No, so. he's too busy scheming. <laughs> with Lady right. B. So um, other lines of thought I've had throughout this is that Tom is 
is conflicted with his head and his heart. I think his heart has generally been in the right place. His head gets him into a lot of trouble. Right. Um, I was worried he was going to have relations with yet a new uh, woman. Yeah, there was another uh, 52 minutes. I was going to propose right. that being another segment. Right. Well, who did Tom find his way to this time? Yeah. But uh, There's even a part where Honor and Sophia, Sophia are... I won't even say joking about that, but yeah. but kind of gossiping about that. I think so far as like, was it two or three women just in the last few days, basically? Right. Um, and Honor was kind of downplaying that it was like, could be worse. She was trying to be a good yeah, good friend, really, in ways. I, I like how that relationship grew. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad she found what looks like true happiness in, in her own situation. Yeah. Uh, I was happy to see Honor end up in a, in a good place. Um, do you feel that Tom's transformation was complete and true. Because remember, all of this happens in maybe a week, a couple days. It, there, there's some. There's a lot of overnight moments. Mm-hmm. It's unclear. Like, I don't know how long he was in jail, for example, right. after the stabbing. But do you feel, like, how, how do you feel about Tom's transformation? Is it believable? Do you think he learned? I think... I think he learned. I think that was demonstrated in this episode where there was a bit more maturity uh, in his decision-making and, and a point you made earlier, self-awareness. Um, and we saw glimmers of that in earlier episodes, but then other, uh, other aspects of his, uh, of his mindset would get the better of him and, and maybe make poor decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seemed he kind of overcame that. Um, I was surprised that Sophia, uh, you know, I mean, happily living ever after. It, we were certainly led to believe that that was it. You know, I mean, at least if they could be friends, mm-hmm. I'd be happy with that. But I mean, I'm, I'm happy for them. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm not, you know, so I mean, I, I appreciate her forgiveness um, to him uh, over some of the uh, uh, poor choices he made yeah. in, in literally a week, if we yeah. think that that is the timeline. Yeah, it was, Regardless, um, yeah, I, f- I feel like maybe she let him off the hook a little too easily. Um, I actually I liked uh, it, it's fiction, but I, I liked um, this sort of line where it's like, I'm gonna watch you for a year <laughs> and and judge your conduct. And I, I thought, I kind of thought that was an interesting idea, and I, I would not have faulted her for sticking to that. What was nice is Tom seemed to accept that as well. He tried to defend that back to Squire uh, Western. Western. The ladies chooses to wait and, a year. And, and I think that was the test right there. Could be, right. Um, just that simple. I think simple. she wanted yeah. to just see his reaction. Right. Yeah, he didn't put up a fight. He didn't complain. He's like, yeah, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm good with that. Um, true commitment, perhaps. And yeah, maybe it's that simple. Maybe she was just looking for that response. She had a nice mini speech around. I don't think it was that moment. It was earlier Maybe it was, but she said, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm compelled to forgive you, and I do, but I can't forget. Yeah. I can't forget what happened in the last few days. Um, and I thought that summed it up well, and I think from that perspective, and you see a lot of that, you see a lot of from Allworthy to Tom to Sophia, that, that line of forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, recognizing you know, we, we are going to make mistakes and bad choices. It doesn't necessarily make us bad people it's what we do in response how we react how we learn and recover from Mm -hmm. that and um again i do think tom's transformation was a bit quick but being put in prison and thinking you've done some of the things he thought he did i think that could really change you so i'm willing to say i believe it i I think it works 
And again, I wouldn't have been upset if they did wait that year of probation or whatever, but let them be happy for crying out loud after everything they've been through. So, yeah. Um, I would like to know where the Ant Western of episodes one to three went and where this new Ant Western came from for episode four. Yeah, and I was trying to remember what her actual name is. For some reason, is it always just been Ant Western? I think that's it missing? in the credits as well. Oh, okay. I don't Aunt think Western? it's, yeah. Okay. yeah. I was worried I, I forgot it, but that's all I, have. I yeah. thought... She had some of the best lines Absolutely. in the episode. Um, she was amazing. Especially during the, uh, well, I'm jumping ahead, but during the uh, the fight, um, yeah. uh, she's like, oh, men. And uh, and then, but also going back a little bit uh, when she was quarreling with her brother. And that was, I I thought she was a very complicated uh, character in, in as much that, she would be going along and in agreement with Squire Western, but perhaps in disagreement with the approach he would take on things. Okay. Like, obviously, she didn't care for Squire Western locking Sophia mm-hmm. up in a room, uh, but she did go along with thinking that, that uh, Sophia should be with, with Bliffle. Yeah. Um, and she didn't. And it's unclear, as far as I'm aware, um, on on her decision not to marry, you know, she's as far as we know single, mm-hmm. um, and 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 Sophia brings that up, saying, "Well, why can't I be like you?" Because right. um, I, in the first episode, I was curious if there was some other malicious intent there between Squire Western and 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 Aunt Western on their on their intention to really kind of push the issue on getting Sophia right. married. I wasn't sure if they st- stood to benefit some financial reason. I don't know why, but but it just the, the way it just seemed like they were almost kind of scheming. Right. Uh but but I mean it's more of, you know, to keep the western family I think going. So. Yeah, I, I the moment I think you're made me think of is toward the end of episode one where there's that real brief debate between the Allworthies and the Westerns about how this should play out. There was a moment in this episode where Aunt Western explains the difference. She said, I had my own money Hmm. and I was not the last of our family line. So she knew she was already settled and her family would carry on regardless. And that's all the reason she gave, and and maybe that's all she needs. So I think she did make it clear how and where she saw differences between her situation and Sophia's. But even though it, it came out of nowhere, it feels like, I was really happy to see her change. I think maybe she finally found that compassion or understanding. She brokered a couple negotiations, in essence, between Sophia and uh, Squire Western yep. to let Bliffle off the radar in, in Sophia's agreement to go along with, in essence, the next suitor that gets chosen, uh, which is still not exactly what Sophia wanted, but at least it was a recognition, well, at least I can get out of this situation. There was a moment where Sophia, I think, really framed it well in, in referencing her, you know, pursuit of freedom in in, in her own mother's story, yep. you know, who was a slave and I think died in slavery. We I think we can assume, or we were told that, um, and then herself was only granted her freedom at the death of her father owner. Um, she wanted that freedom. She wanted to you know keep that sense of I I can make my choices and have my own agency. So I get that it really struck her as difficult to be back in a situation where she's flat out just being told what to do. Um, no loss of sympathy um, for that. Uh, yeah, a lot of funny moments again with Aunt Western. Um, <laughs> you said, I think already, just the the little squabbles between her and she calls Squire Western a monster at one point, just flat out right in the middle of the house. Um, and then just how she rides out through the end and actually becomes excited and happy for everybody. It was neat to see that change too, yeah. 
I felt the same way, kind of conflicted, challenged with uh, Cousin Harriet. Like, I feel like there are different moments where she was going along with Lady B, and then there were moments where she was trying to um, undermine a situation that Lady B was um, instigating. Yeah. And I just was really having a hard time understanding, like, what what team are you playing right, right here? Like, we we knew she was conflicted. She She wrote a letter... I think in episode three, one night when Tom was there, um, do I remember? Oh, it was to her cousins. That's how the Westerns found out about all this. So that was her first point of trying to draw some attention to it. In episode four, I think she finally recognizes the depravity. You know, at the art show where the trap is basically laid for Tom, she tries to warn Tom, you shouldn't be here. This is not going to go well for you. I think she sees the depths to which uh, Lady Bellaston will go. Yeah. Uh, in, in a revenge plot at that point, you know, Tom hadn't really done anything particularly wrong, you know, illegal wrong or anything. Um, and then when Fitz became involved and she found out that Bliffle, in essence, bribed him to um, – she set that straight quickly between her and Mrs. Waters and then realized, I think, this is just not anything I want to be part of anymore. Yeah. Um, and you don't see her much – she is there when Bliffle shows up to talk to Lady B ahead of the art show. That's when they plan the whole thing out. Right. She gets Lady kicked B out of the room yeah, very she quickly. She gets shuffled out yeah. of the room. That's true. Yeah. So I, I just, I think she is happy to get out. And in the last scene at the wedding, she again, she and uh, I'll keep calling her Mrs. Waters, but you know, Jenny Waters, Jenny Jones, um, seem quite happy to have a, a different take on life. Finally, I don't think Maybe, they miss London at all. Uh, disconnected from. Patrick Fitzpatrick. Patrick Fitzpatrick. Won't miss him at all. Um, interesting character that came up in episode three was Nightingale. He didn't have a huge part to play. He got um, he went with Tom to the masquerade in part three, which led up to Tom meeting Lady Bellaston. Well, re-meeting her, because I guess he met at Aunt Harriet's. And then his big contribution, which I didn't like initially, and I still don't like, but immediately I thought this is a bad idea, was to write that letter to, to Lady Bellaston. Um, his theory actually, to his credit, proved to be true. She yep. took it in the way he suspected. She's going to think you're after the money. She's going to reject this. And yes, Tom didn't have to marry her, but what it set up for was, of course, this whole revenge plot. You know, So I don't think he was as clever as he thought he was. <laughs> he certainly didn't make anything better necessarily. Um, I was confused about the storyline. Like I thought he already was married. Um, I'd, oh, in part three. Yeah. yeah. I, it, there was definitely an interest there. I don't think they made it clear what the relationship was. But yeah. yeah. Kind of seemed to come out of nowhere. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Other little moments. Just, again, you see moments throughout part four where Tom – uh, his heart shines. He, he does try it a couple of times to um, put an end to the sword fight early, mm-hmm. including when he has the sword in his hands. He tells Fitzpatrick, you know, we could just stop this. We, we don't have to do this. Right before he charges a guy with a sword, which, you know, whatever. Right. Well, and that's right after, you know, Harriet throws an orange at uh, that's true. I Patrick, about which that. was really funny. <laughs> because he turns around like, what? What, what are yeah. you doing? Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you see. Well, the, are you, you know, going to. I was. I, I, I'm, are you going to gush about uh, uh, Partridge, your favorite Partridge, character? I do like Partridge. I know. Um, he, <laughs> Partridge is forced into humility against his will. He wants to be back in that limelight. Uh, there's a great moment in, in part four here where he wants to go to all the these and share the news about everything. 
And then the letter from Honor one-ups him. He's like, <laughs> well, I was going to tell the same story. And then they all decide to go to London. And what's he get to do? Ride on the back like a servant, right? And look on his face of like, this is not what I had in mind. Um, but he's critical to figuring all this out because yeah. he runs into Jenny Jones on his way in to see Tom and her way out at the jail. Yes. And he recognizes her immediately, and she doesn't. And what's interesting about this scene is that it appears to – you got to watch it carefully. It appears to confirm what we were afraid of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you look on Jenny Jones's face, she's starting to piece things together, but she knows the full truth. True. So she doesn't recognize, oh, my goodness, I just slept with my son. She just recognizes that's the same Tom Jones right? and puts it all together. And I think the two of them are critical to sorting all this out. So I'm glad to see Partridge kind of end up part of the solution, even though it's nowhere near the part he probably wanted. Yeah, but he's been a fun character to ride along with. Um, so that covers fun characters. We, we can certainly talk scoundrel of the week or even scoundrel of the show. Maybe that's too easy. but Well, I think, I, I think there's both. Okay. So who's, who's your scoundrel? Scoundrel of the week for part four. Yeah. So honorable mentions. We're going to keep Tom off the list for once. I don't think he does okay. anything super scoundrelly in part four. You got Fitzpatrick who gets bribed to instigate Right, and Tom was essentially defending himself. He was. He was set up, yeah. So I I don't blame Tom. He even tried to end the fight a couple of moments. Uh, But who was Fitzpatrick put up and paid by? Bliffle. You got Bliffle on the list. He's on the list, for sure. But who was the real mastermind? Lady 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 Bellaston. So I know we've used her, I suspect, before. I I actually don't even remember who our full nominations had been for part two or three. It was Fitz in part two, I suspect. Well, it was Mrs. Waters at one point, I think, right? Because she she kind of encouraged... Yeah. Yeah. There there are plenty of scoundrels to go around. Go back and rewatch the episodes if you want to remember what we said. Um, But my vote, I think, just has to go to Lady Bellaston. She was spurned. She triggered the whole revenge plot. She got everybody else involved. She's absolutely the mastermind of all of that. Um... And it's just, it's all very scoundrelly. But is there a counter-argument to be made? Do you think somebody else rises to that level? Just to be different, yeah. to be a contrarian, I'm going to go with uh, Squire Western for the okay. ep- for the episode. Uh, just because, I mean, he just has it in his head that this is how it's got to be. This is how I want it done. It's going to be my way or the highway. I know highways didn't exist then, but right. same thing. Um but, I mean, he just, you know, arguing a lot with his sister, arguing a lot with Sophia, um, arguing at one point, I think, initially, with, with uh, Allworthy again before uh, cooler heads prevailed. Um, I think, you know, I didn't care for the fact that he kept locking Sophia yeah. up in a room. I don't... I, that's, that's, that's not, not a bad cool. take. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's very consistent. He... Once one thing and one thing only throughout the whole series. Well, two things. One is alcohol. Yes. Two is <laughs> lots of alcohol. Is a appropriate suitor for his uh, granddaughter. Um, he yeah, he continues to kind of lord over her. I, you know, there, there's no excuse to be made for mistakes that were appropriate for the time. Sure. That we learn later as we evolve as a society. That you know maybe that wasn't as good as we thought it was. Um, real heroes rise above their time, right? And and do. Uh, good right. things and the right things, regardless and of what I would categorize all, all worthy in that case. Yeah, all the the contrast between the two mm-hmm. is striking. They're mm-hmm. they're both in the same situation. They're they're titled. They have land and property. They have wealth. 
what they do with it and how they react to things. Like Allworthy has always been, and there's some great moments in episode four too, where he's just a font of grace and forgiveness, um, generosity. He's a true gentleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a great moment with Sophia toward the end of part four where they're talking. Oh, yeah. It, it's just it's a touching moment. Mm-hmm. And you see that that compassion in him. And I just I I fear that Squire Western maybe is is too far gone, <laughs> either mentally or or again through drink, or just a different perspective. It maybe just that simple, a different perspective on life. Uh, he has a funny line toward the end when they're debating that year probation. He said, "Well, I'll be dead in a year," <laughs> which could be true. Um, but scoundrel that we I would. I won't fight you too much on it. Okay. Maybe not quite the level of Bellaston, but well, I agree with Bellaston too. But like I said, just to just to throw yeah. a different name into the hat, yeah, no, there, which is fair. Uh, he he didn't help much. Let's at least put it that way. Yeah. He, he had opportunities to to help and be a hero and uh, continued on his his path. So, scoundrel of the series. Uh, some obvious answers, of course. See, I would go with Fitzpatrick. Okay. Um, on that one, just because he shows up and just trouble follows him or he instigates trouble wherever in episode two. Yep. And then, you know, as soon as he shows up in episode four, you're like, you know, this is not going to end well. Something's about to happen. Right. And uh, and he just, you know, he's he the last we see of him, he's struggling, you know, he's in pain. He, you know, thought he he thought he, you know, gained some cash, which you know, Harriet's like, that's all you want is just money. You don't care how you're going to get it. Right. Um, so, the love of his life or loves of his life walked out on him essentially, <laughs> and now he's just, just left to sit there and right. think about his poor choices. Yep. Um, counter argument. I think the obvious choice for me would be the younger Bliffle. Mm. He's a consistent presence yeah. uh, in all four parts. Truly rotten. Yeah. <laughs> um, in every opportunity through all, again, all consistent experience, um, digging on Tom, claiming about what he deserves, what belongs to him, using terms like animal to describe Tom. I'm going to give him one out, though. Mm. He didn't know the truth. Yeah. And it doesn't excuse anything. No. I mean, even in the early se- uh, scene in season one when they're babies, mm-hmm. as a baby, he's hit he's already Tom. Hit on him, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think I, I'll default giving Bliffle a small pass just because to me there's one more obvious answer. And maybe it's too obvious, but I would I would vote for Lady Bellaston as the scoundrel of the show. I, I think she is the the adult that should have known better. Um, taken up by her own sense of power and similar to maybe Bliffle feeling like she deserved certain things yeah, um, and just could not handle the rejection and could not handle that look in the mirror of yeah. of who she is and what she was doing. See, I, in, in speaking of her, that's why, why I wish this uh, series was a few extra episodes. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's more to unpack with her. Learn more about her story. She's an interesting character. It would, have been, it would have been interesting to have some of the story center around her for a little bit. I know it's Tom Jones is the name of it. Right. Obviously, it's all about Tom Jones. But like, there's this build up to her right at the end of episode two. And then she is a kind of a focal point in episode three and then to some extent in four. But I just feel like there could, there could be more there. Right. Yeah, I, I have no idea if they're 
going to do a spinoff. I don't know if the original novel or literature had more story. Yeah. Um, maybe there's an extension that, that wasn't touched on. I, I assume there were some artistic liberties taken to adapt that story to, to film. Always, <laughs> of course, you know, just to fit it in a time and everything yeah. else. Um, I guess we'll just keep an eye out for Masterpiece and, and see if there's anything to come. I think this series was a success. I think a neat four-part miniseries makes a lot of sense for a story like this. Yeah. Um, we've, we've mentioned a lot. There was touching moments, uh, funny moments. Scary moments. Scary moments, <laughs> a little bit of drama here and there. Uh, I think it was always uh, pretty well done. Um, theories that I had that I was wrong about, just to be perfectly open, uh, I had a theory that Sophia may have been the, the true hero of the story. Part three, I think, talked me out of that because she was – I felt greatly diminished. She, she was a true damsel in distress at that point. I did like to see her get a more active role and a little bit more agency back in part four. Hmm. So I'm, I'm willing to, to go on the line and say that she shares the hero role with Tom. They both had a bit of a journey. Sophia gets what she was looking for, but I think there's far less transformation there. Yeah. I think her relationship with honor grows a little bit. Um, but we don't see any reason to think it was a bad relationship at first. No. But I think they develop more than just a uh, lady and handmaiden or, or servant, a hand servant, maid servant was the official word that we caught in part four. Um, it's almost on, on a friendship level, which I think is really cool. Tom transforms, and mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm happy for that, for him. Um, they both end up in a good place, which is great. Uh, but in the kind of the classic hero's journey model, I think Tom would take that role of someone that goes through fire and comes back a changed person. Mm-hmm. So I probably had other theories and ideas that were not wrong. That is fine. That's how this goes. Um, one other thing I've liked to do is write on some of the voiceover and quotes throughout the episode. So maybe we'll start to wrap this up with a, a fairly long quote from the end of part four. Um, this is, of course, Sophia talking over, I believe, the, the wedding ceremony or the wedding uh, festivities. But I wish I could promise everyone a happy ending instead of the ending they deserve. But for all of those of us who do make it back to the land, back to the light, and actually that's all the rest of us, for us, the sun will shine on a magical wedding day, a day for new beginnings and new chapters. Just kind of an uplifting response to everything they went through. She continues, though. As for what story lies ahead for Mr. and Mrs. Thomas Jones, well, what do you think? Leaving it a little bit open. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the past becomes a place we leave behind. New lives beginning, two families united. What secrets are abandoned? No, I'm sorry. Where secrets are abandoned and blame is forgotten. Yeah, and that they were focusing on um, on Bridget. Yes, uh, at that point. Yeah, the 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 nice cinematography tricks of focusing on the different characters throughout the voiceover to really link hammer home what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, for at the end of all of our adventures, here begins the biggest adventure of all. So, well done. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations, Matt. Matt, what? <laughs> I just read it. Oh, I didn't write any of it. No, well, um, but you're you're you're. Analyzing all of this is... Uh, is. It's just... It's a good story. I'm happy for the fictional characters that we got to put a lot of emotional investment in for the last few hours. Um, Happy to ride along with you, my friend. This was fun. Absolutely. We're going to be making way for Miss Scarlet and the Duke coming up uh, in this podcast uh, momentarily. Yeah, very soon. (laughs) I I believe, Trivia, uh, just as soon as this episode is posted, you may see you, the listeners and viewers may see a introduction of the next set of personalities that will pick up uh, to address Miss Garland the Duke through postscript. Yep. 
Um, so the usual caveats about PostScript, little details uh, are, again, as Fred said, our time here is ending, but you can still send feedback. We'd love to have it. It'll help make future series even better. Uh, email is great for that, ps at witf.org or visit .org slash PostScript to find all sorts of information about the show. Uh, social media, you'll find some stuff. Look for any place WTF social media appears, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can hit us up there. If you, again, want to watch us for whatever reason instead of listen, we are on the oh, WTF boy. Mosaic channel, <laughs> your spot for all things arts, culture, lifestyle. It's a lot of great content there, including videos of the PostScript episodes. And fun shorts. And fun shorts of all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that may about wrap things up. That will. And uh, if there is a season two, probably Matt and I will be back in these chairs. And who knows, uh, future shows we may come back. But yeah, we have uh, other wonderful colleagues that will be taking you through other dramas in the meantime. And we appreciate your time and your company. Thanks for riding along. See you next time. Thanks. Thanks.